Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. All right, welcome everybody to the Confessional Podcast. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined as always by trusty producer, trusty Jimmy Trusty Seleski. Thank you. That is my favorite adjective you used to describe me. Oh yeah, what else do I use? Um, greasy, greasy, slippery, wop, <laughs> just a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I prefer trusty though. You're not even Italian, are you? I'm, I'm quarter Italian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, how have you been? I've been good, man. You playing music? I actually played my first gig of the month uh, last night at the Valley Inn in what is technically known as Brooklyn-Deville. 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 That it seems is. like uh, kind of redundant. You got land in there. Yeah. And then land. you got Ville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's you know where I'm talking about? It's like it's, saying Junior the Second. Yeah, or Calvert Hall College High School. <laughs> or <laughs> CVP Towson. Yes, exactly. <laughs> University of Maryland University College. <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's where i was at last night uh always good time okay all right uh how are things going with the live from the studio podcast we're doing well we're, we're kind of the same boat as you just trying to get our uh get our stuff out to the masses i as you mentioned before the quality's going up everything's kind of coming together content is king but marketing oh. is queen oh okay yes what's pawn <laughs> Me? Uh, <laughs> what is Pawn? Yeah. Um, I believe the confessional podcast <laughs> and live from the studio. Well, I'm glad we're on the playing board. At yeah, least. yeah, yeah. Hey, we're there. <laughs> um, Jimmy, today we have a very special guest. I have known this fella for many, many years. I've known him the entire time I've done stand-up comedy. Can you believe that? 47 years. Wow. I've known this. back. He and I used to do the vaudeville circuit. We used to travel around. <laughs> On a mule, <laughs> and we used to come from town to town. Wow! And uh, a lot of times they wouldn't let him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, it was yeah. terrible. They'd, they'd yeah, make him stay back up. in those days. Yeah, yeah. they'd make him sleep in the uh, peat bog. <laughs> Please welcome to the podcast, Dorian Gray. Greetings. How's everybody doing? How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing. I'm surviving. Right yeah. now, the uh, the Laugh Finder podcast is doing pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. Uh, <laughs> we got uh, Michael Winslow. Yeah, we did there. too. Yeah. Actually, I got them from you, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so that's so. what's going on with that? Where can people find the Laugh Finder? Um, on all the stuff that you can find podcasts on. Um, is it on the internet? It is, in fact, on the internet. Okay, cool. Uh, we do a live YouTube okay. cast as well, and... Um, you can find it on like iTunes. And All right, so just like just that. kind of every, just look for Laugh Finder. Yeah, if you Google Laugh Finder, we're the only thing that yeah. comes when, up. When you walk into the Sam Goody, ask the kid at the counter, "Where do I find Laugh Finder?" They'll, yeah, they'll know yes, where they'll it say is. it's right next to the Cranberry CD. And right, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, it makes no sense, but yeah. Uh, and uh, what else have you been doing, Dorian? You did, uh, didn't you do? A, were you on TV a few years ago? Yeah, I did a Night Train with Wyatt Cenac. Wow, I love that stuff. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Just can't get enough. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay. It felt like uh, Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman when she's lifted out of her area and just taken to a bunch. Like they put me up in a hotel. Wow. And I was, hotel. And I was like in the middle of New York. Oh and then, man, cool. 
And that was the first time that right. anybody had ever done that. Now, 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 like Julia Roberts, were you unwilling to mouth kiss? Yes, yes. That okay, was good. that was a hard line there. All right, and, that's, that's uh, written into your writer. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's fun. Um, so, uh, all right, what else is going on? You doing any virtual stand up or anything like that? I've actually been doing a lot of Zoom shows. Okay. Um, actually, the producer of Night Train with Wyatt Cenac, uh, she Aparna Nancherla, and Joe Firestone from NPR. They, yeah, Aparna used to be around here sometimes. We used yeah, to perform yeah. with her every now and again. Absolutely. And then she moved and to New York. Now she's too famous for us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they have a show called the Butterboy Comedy Show. Butterboy Comedy Show. Yeah, which is up Sponsored in, by Butterboy Butter. Yes. <laughs> but it's up in New York. Uh, the last time I got invited up there, I had to go after Jim Gaffigan. Oh, so she's just too famous for me, I should have said. <laughs> no, no, she's <laughs> she's also too famous for me. I just managed to okay. fool people. Right, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, you, you got, so you technically opened for Jim Gaffigan, that's what you're saying? No, I mean, Jim Gaffigan went on, and then I had to go on. He opened at, for you! Yeah, so he had another engagement, and so he was like, let me go up early, because I have to go to this other comedy right, thing. right, right. And so that's what I had to follow. <laughs> wow, how'd that go? Um, they laughed at me, which I was surprised at because Jim really? Gaffigan killed. Yeah, but I've I've never really seen you bomb though that I can think of. Oh my gosh, I have stories. I mean, we all do, but generally speaking, you're you're one of those reliable comedians. I think where you're not, you know, you're not really in danger of well stinking up the room. I'm just surprised that I did as well as I did. Uh -huh. Considering Jim Gaffigan had just gone sure, up, sure. and he he killed. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Now, do you think did he kill? Was he working on new stuff, or was he? He was. Okay. So in that case, it's a little bit hard to gauge because someone like that is probably going to if they show up, at, at, you know, they're they're probably going to kill no matter what they're doing. Yeah, I, I do feel like famous comedian bias is perhaps yeah, absolutely, a thing. and that's why a lot of them get less funny as they go. I think yeah. because people will just laugh at everything you say because they're not as hungry and those skills right. kind of atrophy. Right, right. It's like the whole your whole audience becomes a group of yes men. Mm -hmm. You know, so I say read those negative comments and take them to heart. <laughs> um, Dorian, uh, today we are discussing a very interesting topic: conspiracies in the music industry. Yes. In world. Mm -hmm. uh, now, you yourself are, you're a musician, right? You, you produce I, beats and... Well, I, I, I was part of a musical improv troupe for a, a number of years. Okay. And also, as a hobby, I like to do both freestyle and written hip-hop. Okay. And I'm also, uh, I feel like I'm in the learning stages. I'm still a, a music production Padawan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so this, so is this relatively new for you then? I mean, you've done a whole lot of stuff your, you know, your whole career. Is this well, I've been addition? rapping for a long time. Okay. Um, I've never pursued it as a career right, choice, right. but, um, it's something I've always done. Right. Are you, are you taking it more seriously now though? Are you going to start producing songs or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Great. I find that I'm home in front of my computer more oddly. Why? These days. I can't imagine why. Yeah. And, um. Weird. And yeah, I'm there. Right. My software and microphone are just staring me in the face. Sure, sure. Just neglecting. Daring, just, just, just challenging you like a eight mile rap battle. Right, right. And get on there and. And it. I always uh, forfeit. So. 
um, yeah, you know, I hope one good thing that, that comes out of this quarantine is like, it seems like people are working on their dream project. You know what I mean? We finally yes. all have time right, to right. do it. Um, so that's great. Um, well, look, do you have like a rap name or? Nope, not yet. I got an idea for you. What's that? MC Dorian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, so where did you get that from? What? Where, where did that? Can you really tell where Genius Yeah, originates? yeah, I guess I guess not. Um, all right. So we, you are, you're a, you're a hip hop connoisseur. Yes. I'm your, a huge Your fan. love for hip hop probably goes back your whole life, right? Yes. Um, what, uh, what are some, uh, conspiracy theories you, you've heard of within the hip hop genre? Well, um, a couple of them, I don't know if you know this, but apparently Everybody who isn't Tupac mm-hmm. set up Tupac. Really? Like, <laughs> like I've heard so Mr. many. Mr. Rogers? Things. Yes. Wow. <laughs> You're going to die, Tupac. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I've heard everyone under the sun who's ever sure. met Tupac sure. is the one who right, set right, up Tupac. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I heard it was the police that did it. Mm-hmm. I heard it you was... Mean, and you mean the band police, too, not like the yes. sting was <laughs> yeah. in on it. It was a sting operation. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I heard that the that Biggie being killed was retaliation for when he set Biggie up. Oh, well, that one's a bit plausible. I mean, it's plausible, <laughs> but but yeah, um, I've heard that one. I The first conspiracy theory that I ever heard was that... Um, you remember the LL Cool J song, I Need Love? Yes. That LL Cool J did political maneuvering and stole that song from Cool Modi. Okay, okay. Well, that that wouldn't necessarily be all that of a... Implausible, but... Yeah, like there are rappers that stole other rappers' stuff here and there. Yeah, but I mostly hear it in terms of jewelry and not... <laughs> no way, man. I mean, the Ice first, Cube... Uh, the first rap hit, Rapper's Delight, uh, the one dude stole that verse from another rapper and didn't even change the name. He, like, names himself something else in the rap. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. back when stealing was not uh, a refined art yet. Right, right. You got to be clever about it. Yeah. And, and I remember the whole Ice Cube-Cypress Hill rivalry. I remember that. I remember because, that. Because uh, Ice Cube yeah. stole the hook of... A Cypress Hill song right. that they let him listen to. Right. So the stuff does happen. Like uh-huh. behind the stuff does happen. Yeah. Um, most of my associations with hip hop, you can go down a rabbit hole on the relationship between Jay Z and Kanye West. Okay. And so if you go on YouTube, there it's full of channels where they're literally like, "Are do you see how?" Kanye West is shaking Jay-Z's hand. That's a secret Illuminati handshake. And what Jay-Z is doing is he's welcoming him to the shadowy uh, depths of the Illuminati because apparently the Illuminati is obsessed with giving the rest of us subtle hints to their existence. Right, yeah. It's no fun if you just throw it out there. You got to throw it out there and and then drop clues. Right, right. And so... I think my favorite hip hop conspiracy theories are how Jay-Z is not only a member of the Illuminati, uh-huh. but how he's flaunting it in our faces. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like something you'd want to keep keep as quiet as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 
Or it, or maybe it's like a case of like a serial killer where they like the teasing, you know, like they'll, right, they'll send right. the cops tr- like clues, clues and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that the most important part of a secret world dominating organization right. is the secret part. That's a good point. Because if you're not secret, then other people come to kill you. Yeah. So. Yeah. That is a good point. Now you were saying before the podcast that you of course uh, work as a librarian as yes. well as all these other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's a phenomenon with Illuminati-related books. Absolutely. All right. So how does that work? So there are a lot of books on the Masons. Um, I've only seen a few of them because the rest get stolen right. from our library. And like I was saying before the, the cast, these people honestly believe that the deepest, darkest secrets of our secret societies, of our puppet masters... Uh-huh are being held at the public library <laughs> and all you have to do is go there and and read it. Like they didn't cover that base. Well you have they, to have a card first. That's true. Let's not forget but like about they've that. gotten people people have been assassinated to keep the truth. <laughs> right, but this yeah. is like one base like yeah. wait, is it at the library? Ah, oh, Steve. And <laughs> like <laughs> but yes, so we get a lot of people who and I remember uh watching a documentary on on flat earthism okay and i'm going somewhere with this sure and one of the things that they bring up is that nobody starts out believing the earth is flat okay um they get there but by progressively less plausible theories Uh Uh and so i think a lot of the people that steal the illuminati stuff from our library are people who have gotten to the point where it's completely plausible for them to believe that there are deep, shadowy Mm. secrets at the library if you just know where to look. Sure, sure, right. Because they believe that the rest of us are fooled. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, there are a lot of books there. I mean, it is hard to... Yeah, that is true, that's true. Um, Okay, so which which specific uh, conspiracy theory do you find most fascinating? The Jay-Z ones? Yes, specifically, and I know that's one of the more popular ones, but the Jay-Z ones specifically because those people feel like they have so much evidence. Right. They're like, if you look at Rock Aware, Uh you can find triangle symbols with eyes in them oh in Rockaware. Like wow. that's actually there. Okay. And they talk about how the Raka symbol, how they, they pull up pictures of people throwing up. It kind of looks right. like a diamond right. and they're throwing it up in front of their face. So it kind of looks like an eye in a triangle. Right. Um, he named one of his albums illuminated. Oh, he's, he's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So those people feel like, like what about Illmatic. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I guess um, the problem with using the word ill, you can't drop it. Ill communication. Right. That's true. <laughs> but yes, Vince people. Get ill. Yeah. People would definitely use that. Right. Um, yeah. Because they feel like they're connecting the dots. And that one is so entertaining to me because it's almost as if. It's almost as if they're being deliberately trolled. They have such a breadth of material to draw from for that particular uh, conspiracy <laughs> theory. What do you mean deliberately trolled? Like, like they have so much uh-huh. that at some point I began to wonder if Jay-Z was cognizant of this and he was feeding it for publicity. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think he probably is a little bit. 
yeah. at least a little bit. I mean, um, I actually I'll talk about a thing I did real quick, but let's uh, let's read this confession that's uh, germane to the conversation. This is from Connor King, K- Killeen, Texas. Uh, this is short but sweet. He says, "Blood sacrifice could I be interpret could it could be interpreted in many ways? Anyone for fortune or fame could be anyone." So I guess he's saying, um, you know, part of this part of this hip hop conspiracy is the the famous blood sacrifice. Uh, yeah. Well, I brought up this book um, that I was introduced into in the library called "Behold a Pale Horse." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do feel like that particular book is the is to conspiracy theory what Run DMC is to hip hop. Okay. Like okay. in that they both did a collaboration with Aerosmith. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, in in that it was in a lot of ways a sort of the basis for which both. Sure. Sure. Took no. Off. No. I, I knew what you meant. I was. Being yeah. Facetious. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so one of the strangest, strangest conspiracy theories is one called just for music in general Uh is called transvestigation. I like where this is going. So there are people who, and this is big enough that these people don't know each other, don't all know each other. Right. There are people who believe that since... Baphomet is a what is that word? Hermaphroditic okay. deity that some celebrities, in particular musicians, right. secretly change their gender okay. in devotion to Baphomet in exchange for the money and the power. All right. And the reason that I'm reminded, and these are people that of course not. People like Scarlett Johansson. Scargo. Uh, they believe that both Obamas did this. Um, they switched? Yes, yes. They, they believe that. Um, but what reminded me of this is that Jay-Z's wife, Beyonce, is a oh. common target of this particular <laughs> conspiracy theory. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Um Wow. It, it's weird. For some reason, there is always like this kind of homophobia, transphobia wo- like woven into these Absolutely. These absolutely. Uh, I think that one element of human nature that plays into this very well mm-hmm. is that you take something that's university, universally bad, like world domination or oppression. Right. Nickelback. And then you, right. <laughs> and then you take something that you may have a bias against, let's say gay people or Uh trans people or people of color or Jewish people. Right. And you justify your bigotry by connecting it to something. Interesting. Interesting. uh, I hadn't quite thought of that before. It's kind of of like using religion as a, uh, as an excuse to, to hate other people. Right. Right. When you have this universal concept of sin and you describe this, Thing that in other contexts would be completely mm-hmm. arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if if you don't like, like nobody's gonna get stopped at the pearly gates because they ate pork. Like <laughs> that would be a really petty reason. It's just you and Jeffrey Dahmer sitting outside of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, well, it's weird how the, the same themes pop up in all sorts, like not even in necessarily music conspiracy theories, but just kind of like conspiracy theories in general, like the, the if there's a secret society controlling things that there's, they have something to do with homosexuality for some reason. Yes. They're of course interwoven with the government. They drop clues everywhere. Um, they're watching you, you know, yes. it's, it's all like, I'm not trying to trying to be, this might be like a little insensitive, but it all seems like schizophrenic kind of stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't be, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people who are diagnosed with schizophrenia, uh-huh. if this is particularly appealing to them right, right, because of that blurring of reality. One thing I thought was interesting, you know, the, the weird Al song foil. I don't know that one. I know a lot of Weird Al. I don't know that one. Uh, so it's a it's a Weird Al song that just came out like three years ago. All right. And it's a parody of the song Royals. You know, you know we'll never be royals. By <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Aluminum foil. Yeah, I hear that every time I go to the mall in the county. Right, right. But he's talks about all these conspiracy theories. And he's like, I'm protected because I made this hat out of aluminum foil. <laughs> and so right. the funny thing, I, I bring that up because if you look at the music video for Foil, mm-hmm. the comments are full of people who are pissed at him. Sure. Because they honestly believe the things that he's making wow. fun of. Wow. And <laughs> Man. I, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine there would be, you know. There's 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 a very strong internet community devoted to these things. Yes. Um, now this is uh, actually a topic I covered years ago in a um, an article for Skeptic Magazine, uh, which I, I called something along the lines of the return of the Satanic Panic. Uh huh. And I kind of drew parallels to you know the Satanic Panic of the eighties. Uh, which kind of heavy metal was like the the yeah the, Dungeons the, and Dragons was the staple the music for that one yeah Dungeons and Dragons all the uh, you know mo- horror movie the slasher movies right. and um and and all those pulpy books at the you know that that you, you'd get at that time like Michelle remembers like right right um and how that's there's kind of a revival of that online but with hip hop in the center of it instead of heavy metal yeah absolutely and I actually found um. <laughs> this one is really funny. If you want a good laugh, look up uh, MC Hammer's diss towards Jay Z from like <laughs> what? that. I'm su- surprisingly no one knows about that in which he accuses him of all the Illuminati stuff, selling his soul to the devil, saying that the the diamond shape is an Illuminati symbol, um, and and concludes with Hammer baptizing a Jay Z lookalike. Oh, because he's that's right because. He's a rever- he's Reverend Hammer now. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I believe MC Hammer is a Reverend. I now. think you might be right. He's he's definitely very very Christian, right? Uh, and always has been. Um, Which is funny considering uh, what other rappers say about him. Yeah, dude. That's that's the there's a dark underbelly of MC Hammer. Yeah, like a lot of rappers say that the things that rappers brag about, the uh-huh. way that they're tough. Right. Um, MC Hammer lived that for real. Yeah. Like, Redman tells a story where MC Hammer rolled up on him and he was scared. Yeah, and he, like, openly is like, yep, I don't mess with those guys. Yeah, yeah. I like that about him. He's he's just, like, real honest. He's all the way real. Do you remember his episode of Cribs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. (laughs) He was like, all right. 
this kind of looks like my cousin Ted's place. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I like that about him. How he just like he doesn't care about the yeah. the ego stuff, you know. Um, but uh, there was uh, what was I going to say? Um, shoot, can't remember. What were you we talking about? The uh... let's see, we were talking about how the satanic panic in, right. in rap music. Yeah. And um oh oh I know what I was gonna say. We're talking about how MC Hammer has this the uh the guy from third base apparently was almost killed by him. Like oh, a hit out on him because they made a diss. Oh yeah, I remember that diss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um and it wasn't even all that severe. It was just like they not just, as like, not as far as disses go. Right, right. I mean in the video for that diss. Mm. They literally started punching and kicking a giant foam right, hammer. Right, yeah, yeah. And they were they were they were like a, a fun band, you know. Yeah, like, I feel yeah. like when third base disses someone, that doesn't mean they're gonna kill them. They're just like right. You know, Though um, they did make a reference that I didn't get until decades later. Oh, really? What? Uh, so the the diss was called "Pop Goes the Weasel," right. and they go at MC Hammer. No, no, no. I'm sorry to contradict you, but Pop Goes Weasel was Vanilla Ice. Yeah, that's that's this actually the song I'm talking about. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. Uh, they 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 made a reference in the song Pop Goes the Weasel, where they're like, "You stole somebody's record and you looped yeah, it. Yeah. You looped it." I didn't know they were talking about Queen. Oh at the time. yeah, yeah. Okay, you know Henry Rollins played Vanilla Ice in that video. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> he yeah, would. That is a, that is a great a great track. Um. But apparently that guy is a the the two uh, rappers from that group, Prime Minister Pete Nice yeah. and MC Search. Yeah, they they thoroughly do not like each other. Yeah, they made a um, uh, MC Search made this song where he was like, "I don't give a damn about the minister. Uh-huh. He would be my girl if we were ever prisoners." <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Well, that's and yeah, and apparently the the one claims. Uh, Pete claims that Search is constantly lying. He's a, he like <laughs> yeah. makes up stuff all the time, so we don't really know how true his stories are. Right. Um, but I have heard MC Hammer was even part of Death Row Records at one point. Oh wow! Isn't that crazy? Like like around ninety five, ninety six or so. Wow. They picked up MC Hammer, and he made an album with Tupac. They never released it. Huh. And uh, and there was even like talk of like he might have been involved in like the shootings. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Anybody who is involved with Death Row Records, right. at some point, people would say that they're involved. Like yeah. the guy sweeping up the studio. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's read uh, read another one. Let's shift gears from hip hop to jam rock here. Uh, Wade Prather from Louisville, Kentucky, says Ken Casey was part of the MK Ultra LSD experiments at. Menino Park Veterans Hospital before forming the Merry Pranksters and in turn the acid test in San Francisco for which the dead were the house band. Robert Hunter, pre-dead, Jerry Garcia collaborator who wrote the majority of lyrics for the dead songs, took part in MK Ultra LSD experiments at Sanford along with Allen Ginsberg. Uh, Al Say Stanley III, a.k.a. Bear, made most of the LSD that was distributed at dead shows all the way through the 70s. He was the son of KY Senator... Uh, Kentucky senator and later went to prison for the manufacture of LSD. Check out the, the song Kid Charlemagne by Steely Dan. It's about Bear. He was an integral part of the early Grateful Dead. He created the Steal Your Face logo and was the first real sound engineer recording all the early shows. Uh, he designed the wall of sound that the speakers toured with. Uh, huge amounts of LSD were distributed throughout the country through Grateful Dead tours. 
Uh, it's completely completely possible that the whole ordeal, at least in the beginning, was some part of the MK Ultra offshoot. Also possible that Casey just snagged some of the acid from the hospital. But what we can safely say at the San Francisco acid, acid text, tests, the foundation of the devil's thirty plus the dead's thirty plus career, everyone was tripping on CIA LSD from Sandoz Labs. So I guess he's saying that. He thinks the uh, the government was, I guess, kind of testing LSD and the effects of it through the Grateful Dead. Interesting. So uh, refresh my mind. So MK Ultra. The belief is that MK Ultra, that LSD came from a mind control experiment being conducted by the CIA. I believe so. Um, and and the thing is, I think some of that is actually true. I mean, sometimes you'll find grains of truth within these conspiracy theories. Oh yeah, I mean, if you look at what the CIA did with the Black Panthers, it yeah. sounds like something. Right. It sounds like something that would be a weird conspiracy right, theory. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Governments do commit conspiracies. Groups do commit yes, conspiracies. Absolutely. But it's they rarely go un un figured out yeah they rarely involve satan right yeah um yeah that you can't work with that guy he's always he's you know he has no integrity um but uh from what i understand the mk ultra was real and it did have to do with testing acid on people and believe it or not the unabomber uh was actually one of those subjects when he was at like harvard oh wow and they think that might have contributed to his psychosis well as a person of color, I'm reminded every year around Black History Month how the government just gave a bunch of black men syphilis and didn't tell them just right. to see what would happen. Right. So none of this is all right. that implausible. Sure, to me. sure. Yeah, yeah. Especially back then. I mean, I feel like now it's probably way harder to get away with now that everything's so transparent. Yeah, there's too much information now. Mm-hmm. But back then, yeah, I mean, governments tested all sorts of... People forget that Sweden had like a huge uh, eugenics program in the early 20th century. Oh, wow. Yeah, like they, they totally successfully did like a Hitler program. I don't think they like killed anyone, but they were. it was all about selective breeding. Right, you know? right. Um. But uh, yeah, drug conspiracies. There's certainly, and, and there might even be some some truth to uh, you know crack uh, cocaine being kind of unleashed in urban neighborhoods in the '80s. Yeah, on yeah. purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like some of those could be true. Um, but uh, I don't know. What are some other drug conspiracies? Can you think of any? Um, I don't know if this would be a drug conspiracy. I don't know if it's because she succumbed to drugs or whatever. But you ever heard that uh, that conspiracy theory that Avril Lavigne was replaced by an identical Avril Lavigne? Actually, somebody somebody mentioned that, but I didn't I didn't write it down because it, it didn't have enough information. What's the deal on that one? Um, that one, as far as I know, there isn't enough, there isn't a lot of information. Uh, people have been asking, why? Why do that? Why, if you have a perfectly decent Avril Lavigne, would you swap out for a different Avril right. Lavigne? right. Why'd you have to go and get yourself separate wived? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, like, if if you were drinking out of a cup and somebody, like, oh, wait, let me replace that. And it was an identical cup that had no differences, was same clean and everything. You'd wonder why they did that. Sure, right? sure. And so, I don't know. So what's, the, do they offer any motivational anecdotes for why that would happen? 
It mostly involves pictures. Okay. So it's one of those things where like, see, her ears look a little bit different in 2012. Right, right, right. And it was like, okay, so they were smart enough to replace Avril Lavigne, but uh-huh. not smart enough to figure all that out. Right, right. Yeah, that's always weird, like the, the dying and replacing people. And it's like, why why do they not do that for certain celebrities? Like, why didn't they replace John Lennon when he, right, got, when right. he actually died? Or like Richie Valens, you know? Like, right, right. It's always strange, um, but uh, there is uh, there is one that I uh, was thinking about. Oh, what was it? Let me see here. Well, let's just get to another. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. This is from Branson McGrowski in Ferndale, Maryland. The faint okay. scream in the background of Roller Coaster of Love was the model on the cover of the album breaking into the studio because the fake honey they poured on her adhered to her skin and was ripped off chunks of her when she tried to remove it. Have you heard that one before? I had not, but That's a popular one. My first instinct would be to use water. Like you don't have to Like I've had honey on me before. Right. And I just rinsed it, and it was fine. I just don't imagine that you have to go quite that far. Sure. That you're sure. so desperate to get... I don't know. Like, yeah, if honey a- ripped your skin off, it would probably be illegal. Right, right. But also, like, even if it did, you could, you could go... You could trash a studio, or uh. you could go into a shower. Like, I don't understand... <laughs> Well, I, I guess this is how the urban legend goes. There, there's a blood curdling scream in, in Roller Coaster of Love in the background. Okay. Which, of course, is supposed to be the the screaming of whoever is on this roller coaster having a good time. I don't. Maybe they're on the anaconda. I don't. I don't know. But uh, and and there's on the album cover, it is a woman drenched in honey. Okay. And so uh, they. You know, I think there's different variations as if she the screaming is from pulling off the honey in the studio or if she like came in the studio with all her skin ripped off seeking revenge. <laughs> and that's, which I, I like that version the best myself. Yeah, I, I would say the issues largely lie with her in that regard. Right, right. Regard. And I'll tell you, the group, uh, I've, I've seen interviews where they kind of like encourage it. Like it's one of those... It's oh, one of yeah. those things where they're like, oh, we we don't want to talk too much about it because, you know, we, we could still be, there's still some legal things with right. that that we want to avoid. Uh, one interesting, uh, or I don't know if it's a conspiracy so much as an urban legend, mm-hmm. uh, Eminem actually references this urban legend in the song Oh, Phil Stand. Collins. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I remember that one. So that's, uh, in the song, it, Phil kind of alludes to watching someone else yeah, watch so, someone drown. <laughs> yeah, so apparently the way it goes is that this man watched someone drown mm-hmm. and he couldn't, and he didn't help him. He right. just stood there and watched right. him drown. And somehow Phil Collins got wind of it and wrote a song about it, and mm-hmm. that's what The Air of the Night was about. Yeah. And that one guy, the show, one day the guy shows up to a Phil Collins concert right. And Phil Collins sort of sings the song while making eye contact right. with the guy, <laughs> and the guy feels so kil- guilty he kills himself. Oh my god! The the version I heard was that he 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 spent like a year setting it up, recording the song, and making it so that the guy would get front row tickets uh-huh. for one of his concerts. 
And when he, when that song comes on, he puts the one spotlight on him and sings directly to him. And then the police escort him out. Wow. <laughs> See, I heard that he killed himself because he was so guilty. Right, sure. He's like, oh, no, Phil Collins found me out. Well, why, why wasn't he helping the guy? <laughs> Did he push him in or was he just he was like, like, I don't want to get my suit wet? He's like, huh, nobody will ever write a song about this. <laughs> what are they going to do? Write a song by Phil Collins, please? <laughs> right. Which will later be referenced by rapper Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> Now, in the Eminem reference, is he taking it seriously? I don't quite remember. So in the Eminem song, he's writing from the perspective of Stan. Stan, And he's making the comparison that this guy uh, stood by while the other guy drowned. And that's what you're doing to me. See, that almost disproves the theory that it's a literal thing in the song when he's saying, like, this symbolically is like watching someone else drown and not helping them. It's like, so then probably the Phil Collins song is also symbolic of that, you know, right. like, it makes it literal. Um, let's see. What are some other, some other urban legends? Of course, there's always, I remember hearing that Black Sabbath would throw puppies into the audience and they wouldn't play until they were all dead. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, anything I hear about Gigi Allen is probably true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I remember there was a theory that uh, KISS, uh-huh. that it was an acronym for right. Knights in Satan's Service. Yep, yep. <laughs> I remember hearing that. And I this was a real concern for me in the 80s when I was just getting into rock music and rap mm-hmm. music. Like, there was, right in the Satanic Panic, there was always rumors that a band was Satanic. Of course. And, I, and that was a real concern for me. Like, I, I wanted to like Kiss, you know, but I right. can't listen to a satanic band, you know? Yeah, I in some ways I can relate because I back when I was, I had my upbringing in Northwest Baltimore, I thought that Dungeons and Dragons was inherently demonic. Right, right. Um, we got Chick Tracks too. Remember Chick Tracks? I, I've since read about them. I didn't, we didn't have those where I was. For so some there's a legendary Chick Tract in geek circles. Okay called uh, i believe it's darkest dungeons and it was a chick track about how dungeons and dragons specifically sends you to hell okay um it, this became so popular in geek culture there was actually like a mini movie about this one chick track. wow and um but yeah the satanic panic was very much and this is an interesting thing do you know russell simmons yes at one point he actually tried to market satanic hip-hop really yes there was a point in the late 80s where there was a group of bands under his label uh-huh. um called there's uh almighty rso all right who had um who's the hip-hop magazine that gives the mics double xl yeah i think it's double xl or the source one of those two mm. but um he is like the the overseer of the source magazine okay. now but he was part of a group called uh, Almighty RSO that had this song called Hellbound. Um, there was a group that had this song called Live Evil. Hmm. And there, this was, of course, after the Gravediggers came out. Mm-hmm. It was like a lot of copying of right, them. Right. Horrorcore. Yeah, horrorcore. Mm. And... It didn't take off right. because I think their targeted demographic skews more religious. Uh-huh. But there wasn't this huge satanic panic back then. Yeah. And I think that if they made that move today, 
there would be this huge satanic panic backlash because right. we have the internet and people yeah. can spread bad ideas more rapidly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the hor- the hardcore genre of rap in general never really took hold outside of ICP, right? Right, right. Which is too bad because some of it is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the Ghetto Boys were kind of hardcore. Yeah, but you have like Tech Nine. Uh huh. Before he got a lot of backlash, and so he started doing more mainstream stuff. Uh huh. But uh, his first albums were definitely in the horrorcore genre mm-hmm. and they were amazing. They yep. were very He does a song from the perspective of a cult leader. Wow. That is really intelligent wow. and assumes you know certain things. Interesting. Like at some point he rhymes Novus Ordo Seclorum and uh and he has this other song about how he's on a date with a woman who's pretty and intelligent and well-spoken and he really likes her so he's going to try not to eat this one <laughs> and so you had some really creative stuff but people weren't ready to hear it back then uh-huh uh-huh uh wow yeah um oh by the way uh not surprisingly there was they actually addressed this on charlemagne's the breakfast club mm-hmm. uh tech nine came over and he talked about all of the conspiracy theories regarding his satanism Mm -hmm. uh and and charlemagne was like i completely believed those i believed all of those wow but like but yeah um that's another reason horrorcore never took off because people like oh these people worship satan obviously they're being obvious about it right right yeah all right. Well, this has been a, a really good episode. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we, we wrap up, Dorian? Um, I think that I would tell anybody listening that if you're really interested, you should look up the Jay-Z is in the Illuminati YouTube videos. They're really entertaining. Yeah. And there's not like one or two. Oh, yeah. There's like yeah. tons of them. Um but that's that's about it. If okay. you're if you're looking for like what crazy- were those two songs you were telling me about earlier? Oh, okay. So two songs that dive really deep into conspiracy theories by two artists who also just dive deep into conspiracy theories. One of them is called "End of Days" by Vinnie Paz, who mm. used to be in a group called Jedi Mind. Mm. Um, "End of Days" makes some pretty bold claims about politicians who were grown in a test tube. Right. And uh, it has it has David Icke uh, hype and David Icke does a guest appearance on this. Yes, this yes. Rap song. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And there's an artist who is I forget which major city he is in. I want to say uh, the same city that Megan the Stallion is from. Mm. Um, but at any rate, Green his, Gables. Yes. <laughs> The, the 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 streets of Green Gables. Right. Um, his name is Kay Reno, and he has this song called "The Grand Deception," where the entire song is this very uh, thorough mm-hmm. case mm-hmm. for the Illuminati and the secrets that we see around us every day. He he focuses a lot on the dollar bill. Um, it's not the only song he has like that, but I think it's the best one. Nice. So uh, End of Days by Vinnie Paz and The Grand Deception by Kay Reno. Awesome. Awesome. And of uh, 
Cabrini Green Gables. That's yes. What should be. <laughs> All right, Dorian. Well, where can people find you if they'd like to uh, follow you? Uh, you can find me at Violet Silver on Twitter, um, and I am starting to get better about videos. Uh, if they follow me on Violet Silver, I will um, I will post updates. Okay. And so. All right. Well, uh, thanks for stopping by the Confessional, Dorian. That was awesome. Thank you. Definitely feel free to come back anytime you want. And uh, Jimmy, can you tell listeners where they can find us? Yes. Uh, if you're interested in, A, submitting your confes- confessions for next episode, uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash confessional podcast. Mike will post the topic uh, somewhere during the week, usually, yeah. beginning of the week. And uh, people can kind of submit their questions, I mean, confessions either in public or you can message them privately, have your confession read anonymously. Um, other than that, we're on all streaming platforms, Spotify. Uh, that's the only one I can name right now. How did <laughs> we're I forget? We're on Pandora now. Yeah, okay, Pandora. I suddenly forgot Stitcher. every streaming platform that exists. Um, Stitcher, and, iTunes. And hopefully soon YouTube. We should get the YouTube going. Yeah, we should. Um, so stick, stay, stay tuned. A face like this just can't be wasted. Don't for- you touch that dial. <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. See you next time.